With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rock and roll, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. The cult of personality. I know your anger. I know your dreams. I've been everything you wanna be. Oh, I'm the cult of personality. I like Mussolini and Kennedy. It's Saturday, you know what that means. It's not Saturday. What the fuck is wrong with you? Can we should oh, we yeah. try that again? <laughs> I didn't change my notes. <sighs> it's Friday, you know what that means. Should keep all that in. Uh, it's clobbering time. It's oh. also episode 95 of the most elite show on the Rundown Wrestling Network. It's the AEW Rundown. My name is Adam. I'm your host, Salas. Here, what's up, buddy? Hi. <laughs> How you doing? That was the weirdest hi I think I've ever heard you do. Yes. Hi. So a little peek behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen, and an unforeseen bit of circumstances. I am in an excruciating amount of pain tonight. Uh, my hip is hurting, and I think it's a nerve because it goes all the way down my leg. And uh, I've tried everything: heating pads, icy hot, Tylenol, ibuprofen. Nothing's really working. Uh, so, but I'm gonna power through. I'm here to power through for the fans of this show. Have you contemplated cutting your leg off? I have. It's almost getting to that point, but. I, I got plans tomorrow to go watch SummerSlam at, at Showcase Cinema, so I'll have to wait. Oh, there you tomorrow. go. I'll have to wait till after tomorrow. <laughs> no, it, no, do it now so you can get better parking. Oh, ah, that's true. Uh, we are live to the world at twitch.tv slash the soldier effect. We've got Killian and uh, our old friend Matt Riley in chat tonight. What's up, Matt Riley? I finally figured out that uh, Twitch was a thing, and uh, now he's here. Uh, he suggests that you just rub one out. Tried that, too. <laughs> Not as much as Gallows and Anderson, but we'll get there later. Uh, <laughs> hey, they make a gimmick out of it. Yeah. Anyways, so Anyways. we are here on Friday night, which means because we are here on Friday night, it means something happened tonight that we're, we're going to talk about. Uh... KT is in the chat. Welcome, KT. Welcome, KT. I'm sure KT's excited to talk about what we came here to talk about tonight. Uh, before we begin, we're going to uh, house clean a little bit. 
the date of AEW uh, rundown when we record these episodes. Might vary over the next couple of weeks. We'll see what happens. Uh, we might just go back to thurs- uh, Thursday nights. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We haven't had we'll a see. we haven't had a we'll decision see. on that. We'll yet. see what rampage becomes. Right. Ah, uh, yeah. Sal didn't, Sal didn't want us to go in uh, chronological order this week because of a certain thing that happened about uh, an hour and forty five minutes ago. As we record this, the the elephant on the wall, as it were. That's not the phrase. I don't care. So, uh, what do you think, buddy? Yeah. So let's. Uh... Let's talk about the much-anticipated episode of AEW Rampage. From the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Now, granted... um, (laughs) We had heard rumors for weeks. Uh, Kenny Omega has been wearing t-shirts for weeks. And I said specifically, if they were smart, they're going to start off the show with what everybody's looking for. Because if they don't, the whole show is going to be nothing but the crowd chanting that. Right. Which and is exactly what I said to my friend when he when he texted me. Hell of a way to start the show. Yeah. So, we start. JR says that the feeling is electric tonight. And uh, as the crowd chants CM Punk... Ladies and gentlemen, cult of personality hits. Holy shit. Crowd erupts. We wait about five seconds for him to come out of the face tunnel. And when he does, the crowd erupts again. (laughs) It was loud. It was loud. And, you know, I, I said a month ago that when Cena came back, it was loud. Kind of got the same vibe. It was very, very loud, and people were genuinely excited. Mm-hmm. I got goosebumps. Sure. Um, I I have to say, like, I think a lot of people kind of confuse the person with the meaning. Like, it's not just, oh, my God, Phil Brooks is back in wrestling. No, like, CM Punk represented a subculture of wrestling fans. Sometimes they're called the IWC. That just they didn't like what was being presented to them from the WWE for years. So you could say Punk came around, right time, right place. Uh, And then when he left, a lot of people will sit here, and tonight especially, they'll say, who gives a fuck about him? He quit. Yeah, you know, so did Michael Jordan originally. He fucking quit basketball. And then he came back. And tonight, CM Punk came back to wrestling, which is something I never thought I'd say on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Hell, you were doing this show when he left. Mm-hmm. And we thought maybe well, he'll be back not, in a few weeks. Show, but... No, you'll be doing the rundown. Um, and we thought back then, oh, maybe he'll be back in a few weeks. Oh, he'll come back by Mania. And then he never did. And then we were all like, oh, fuck. He's really not coming back. 
And then six months later, the podcast came out on Cabana's lot of wrestling show. And uh, we figured, we found out then that he will never come back, at least not to the WWE. But he came back tonight. He soaked it all into, milked it for all it's worth. So much so that the entrance took 10 minutes, and then we went to commercial <laughs> before we heard what he was going to say. Yeah. Uh, but good for him. He's in his hometown. People are excited to see him. I'm wondering if Cabana was excited to see him. When we get back from break, first thing Punk says is, boy, you guys really know how to make a kid feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. <laughs> that thought was nice. Um, Punk, by the way, kind of looking exactly like he did when he left as far as wardrobe. He's got a a hoodie on, that you know, black hoodie, black pants. He's got his hair slicked back. He looks very similar to the way he looked in 2011. Obviously, yeah. that was done by design. A little more gray. A little more gray, gray. sure, sure. Haven't we all? Um, Punk begins by saying he had no fucking idea what he's going to say. He nothing written down. He didn't practice anything. He said he had to come out here and feel it. It was at that point I went, oh, no wonder they scheduled a crap match like Moxley versus Garcia. Yeah, pretty much. All right, folks, we're out of time. I know. Um, and he said that just by coming out and feeling everybody's energy, hearing everybody, um, he feels like he's back. He's back in wrestling. He said... Um, the very first thing he wanted to tell people was that, that if any of his personal decisions in life or his career made people disappointed or feel let down, that he understands. I thought he was going to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> uh, he said he understands if they understand that when he left, he had to. If he was ever going to get mentally healthy again, physically, spiritually, emotionally, he had to. And he did. He walked away. He walked away from the wrestling business completely. Um, Adam, you're one of those people that felt a little bit disappointed by some of his personal life decisions. Do you accept his pseudo-apology? Don't say that like you weren't, too. <laughs> no, I was. Of course I was. Um yeah, it's... I think it's smart to address it right out of the gate. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is, because, you know, you're always going to have folks, you know, with everything everything that happened, but not between uh, suing his best friend uh. <laughs> um, and uh, just kind of being a general, all-around dickbag. Yeah. I mean, for all I know, he still is, but as far as his yeah. wrestling persona... It feels like it did when he left. Yeah, yeah. It's like you said. It's, it's drawing. It's drawing that line between performer and person. Phil, Phil Brooks and CM, and CM Punk. Punk. Exactly. Um. So he goes on to say that he has good news and bad news. Uh, he's got a lot to say. The bad news is he's not going to get to it all tonight, which makes sense. <laughs> It'll be another four-hour podcast. <laughs> but uh, the good news is is that he'll be able to say it tonight and then Wednesdays and then Fridays and then Saturdays <laughs> and Sundays four times a year because he's 
with AEW, he's not going anywhere. So there's plenty of time to tell his story. But he does have one story for us tonight. He said he left that company, uh, even though he didn't want to, because he know he, but he knew he needed to. And surprisingly, that company that he's talking about is ROH. So he left in 2005, and it 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 really, you know, was difficult for him because he built something in ROH. Sure. That's probably when ROH was was red hot. You had people like Daniel Bryan, you had uh, Nigel McGuinness, you had um, Jay Lethal, who's kind of still there, but you know, <laughs> uh, you had a great you had a great uh, roster in 2005 Ring of Honor. Uh, he said that's the day he left professional wrestling. It's true, because then he went to go work for that content company. Speaking of that content company, he made it very clear that they are the reason he stopped loving wrestling. He said they stamped out his passion for it. Now, that's his opinion. I'm sure the stands ate it up. I'm not sure if that's exactly accurate, but... It's the narrative he's running with right now. Uh, let's see here. What did he say after that? Uh, but he says, oh, he's found his passionate back with professional wrestling because of the young guys in the locker room. And then he calls out Darby Allen. And we eventually, thank you, Mr. Cameraman, or Mr. Director who pointed the camera in the right direction, eventually find Darby and Sting in the rafters. Sting... Doesn't look alive. <laughs> Darby's sporting some new face paint, which I really appreciated. It was like half vine tree thing climbing up his face. I that it. was it. Was interesting. It was a look for sure. Uh, Punk says he'll see Darby one on one at All Out because the most dangerous thing Darby can do in this life is get in the ring with CM Punk. Except, what's even more dangerous is get in the ring with CM Punk in Chicago fair uh that's about it that's about all for punk tonight um oh he does have one more surprise uh he said you know to everybody who's waited for me for seven years thank you and to everybody who's waited even longer than that on your way out the door tonight please stop by and get your very own ice cream bar so it took seven fucking years but he actually gave everybody ice cream bars (laughs) I want your opinion on on this. I read this, uh, I think, on Twitter. He said in the promo that he he stopped, uh, he he left professional wrestling on whatever date it was in 2005. Yeah. And he came back August 20th, 2021. The the thing that the, the, the tweet that I read said basically that. I don't want to say invalidates, but kind of nullifies. He's trying to nullify his entire WWE run and the 434-day title reign and and everything else that that happened in there. And in doing so, is almost attempting to nullify the, the thing that made him who he is and made him so popular and made him so important in the wrestling world uh, and saying that without... WWE, 
nobody would be chanting his name because nobody would know who he is. That's okay. I I do agree with that. No, a hundred percent. There's no way the guy who left Ring of Honor, if he does nothing, gets this response when he comes back. If it was not for the WWE and their story and their creative and John Cena, John Cena, um, <clears throat> Randy Orton, uh, the Shield. There's a lot of people who helped Punk get to the popularity he got to in 2011. I didn't take it that he was ignoring his entire WWE career. I took it as the last time I felt I was part of a wrestling company was when I was a Ring of Honor. Okay. It's it's difficult. Because we did, uh, you know, we did, because it is AEW. It is the other company. We did, they, they, they did dive into the, uh, and I know you hated me when I said this in, in the, the, uh, the text thread. Uh, we did kind of dip our toes into fed bad. Um, and so, and like I said, it's, I can see, I can see what the point that you're making where, you know, the WWE itself, Vince McMahon is not wrestling. It's sports entertainment, pal. So, I mean, it kind of works that way. See, the, the, problem, I, the problem is, and we are lifelong WWE fans still. Still, even though the content isn't always for us. Maybe it shouldn't be, you know? But I do agree that before there was an AEW, long before there was an AEW, there was Kenny Omega in New Japan in the Bullet Club and everybody talking about that. All the wrestling fans talking about that. Before that there was a little company called ECW. Everybody wanted to talk about that because it was different. It wasn't what you were getting every Monday night. I would say that there's always been this contingency of counterculture amongst the wrestling fans. And I think Punk tapped into that. And I think AEW built off of that. Fuck, Cody said it in one of the first promos of this company. Um, is it really, you know, anything from the Attitude Era when he was fighting with Dustin? Is that anything from the Attitude Era better than the, the Pipe Bomb promo? The Pipe Bomb promo worked because it was how a lot of people felt at that time. And and to me, and this is this could be a good or bad thing, right? I was excited in 2006 when WWE brought back ECW. It turned out to be the worst decision both for both companies ever. <laughs> there is a very good chance that, although it seems on paper like a match made in heaven, this could turn out awful for AEW and CM Punk. There's a great right. chance. There's a great chance. Um, because if he burns bridges here, there's nowhere else for him to go. And if, there, if he goes anywhere else, then he's a fucking hypocrite. There's probably just as many CM Punk... Uh, cultists as there are AEW cultists and for now they're getting along because you know uh one hand washes the other kind of deal but what if what if down the road what if there's friction what if punk starts saying shit about cody or tony khan right like i get it he's not gonna shit where he eats he's not gonna fucking 
uh, bite the hand that feeds him. But this is a guy who's always been very outspoken. So on this day today, he said all the right things. You know, we'll see how it goes when we're not in Chicago. We'll see how it goes when he's stuck fighting Marco Stunt on an episode of Dynamite. (laughs) Or Matt Hardy, for that matter. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to enjoy this today as something I've wanted to see in wrestling for a while. For seven years was Punk come back. And... Uh, you know, it, it did what it was supposed to do. I'm sure it moved the numbers for, for Rampage this week. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, basically, I'll, I'll say, I'll say this we'll, we'll, and then we'll, we'll move on. Um, like, like you said earlier, we have both talked about, and we've, we've talked on the show and we've both, we've talked privately as well. Cause I remember I texted you at one point and I was like, do you still wear your CM Punk shirts? Yeah. Uh, because we, over the past seven years, as it's been, we have, we have discovered that, uh, uh, Mr. Brooks may not be a decent human being. Um, and that, that may just be, how he is that may have been related to the stress of you know what he was going through in WB at the end and you know his just like like you said his just kind of uh mental health at the at the end of that run um tonight like like I said I got when when that music hit and that crowd exploded and he walked down on that stage and he kneeled down on the stage and you could see the the emotion in his face you could see the tears welling up in his eyes at at that reaction that he got when he came out, I got goosebumps. I am I am excited to see where this goes. I am intrigued. I I I want to see what happens next. Yep, and that's all we can ask from wrestling at this point. It's just intrigue us, hold our attention. Can't and that is us. that is not something that I have said about wrestling. Not even just AEW. Just wrestling, wrestling. in in a bit of a while now. Ex- Thank you. Thank you. It has been a slippery slope for me, personally, since 2017. Obviously, the pandemic wrestling didn't help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, for real. But that being said, um, look, I, guys, i got to tell it like it is, okay? I, we shit on AEW, and rightfully so, when they do things wrong. This was done right. From the signing to the presentation, this is exactly the way they should have did it, and uh, it gets people excited. It's gonna get it's going to get people to purchase all out. I don't think it's gonna set record numbers, but I think more people will buy it now because they want to see what he can do in a ring. And you know, for all the signings the AEW has had the past year, this is their biggest signing. Bar none. Unless somebody else shows up in New York in a couple weeks, which will also be, in my opinion, equally as big of a deal. Um, to date, this is their biggest signing. By far. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's now, what they should have done. I just, I just remembered something. He opened his little speech. He said uh, something about, you know, we 
and then said, and that's an important whatever we, and we'll get back to that. And then we didn't get back to that. No, no. But what's what's, what's we? What well, we? he he well, actually he did kind of get back to that because um when he when he said he left ROH and he said he went to that other place and he goes, I knew it was going to be hard for people like us because I'm like you. In other words, like working class from Chicago. That's kind of how I took that. Um, that's where I thought the we came in. Okay, baby. One other thing, he said specifically, I'm back for all of you. I'm not going to lie. I'm back for me, which, yeah, obviously. And he also said, I'm back to settle some old scores. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either person wants to participate, but if both guys can stay professional... Any interaction between Punk and Cabana would be money. Yeah. Again, they don't have to like each other in real life. But I think fans would be super intrigued if they ran into each other at some point. Maybe, dare I say, even have a program. Uh, But Cabana aside, because Cabana is the same age as Punk, which is early 40s. Who are you excited to see Punk work? The Derby match should be amazing. Sure. Good, good place to start. Uh, WWE Creative, thank you for that follow. Um, We're sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, golly, that's it's. <laughs> what happened? Well, we had a good run. <laughs> Oh Coming look, we've been so silenced. Nice. Love that. Um, no, that's what that's what WWE creative said in chat. Oh, well, we had a good run. Oh, I got you. I got um, you. <laughs> that's that's the thing about about this roster is this roster is all folks. Well, mostly folks that we haven't seen Punk have a go with, and so we're kind of uh, this is uncharted waters. Strangely enough, the words of John Moxley's pro, uh, promo this week on Dynamite actually made me think he was going to start a fight with Punk. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, he took a shot at Kenny at uh, Adam Page. He took a shot at Christian and basically said, like, I'm the only one who was, like, man enough to hold the world title, like, through, like, the dark times or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, ah, John Moxley and Sam Punk. It'll be interesting for sure, especially sure. like a confrontation. I don't know if I want to see him in a match, because God knows I don't want to see Punk in a death match. Please, no, don't do a fucking <laughs> death match. But I, I would be intrigued with a program at Omega. I'd be intrigued. I was gonna with say a, yeah, Punk and Omega would be Punk and Omega. Punk, punk and MJF would be fun. Now again, remember we haven't seen Punk in a wrestling ring in seven years, so oh, I'm talking at this point just promo battles. Still, like Punk and MJF, like how fun would that be? Um, sure. If 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 Punk can go, I'm better than you, and you know it. Well, that's funny because I'm the best in the world. <laughs> um, if Punk can go, I would like to see Punk and Pack. Right, that'd be fun. That's just fun to say. Yeah, exactly. Punk versus Pack. Um, I'm trying to think of like anybody else that like immediately jumps out. 
you could do Punk Alistair, uh, sorry, Malachi Black. But, you know. Uh, and it would be interesting if Punk and Cody ever crossed paths. I'm not going to lie. I'd be uh, hoping that Punk kicks him in the dick. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know. Astro's here. Hello, Astro. KT says anything with Punk and a non-WWE guy would be fine. Yes. Uh, and Darby, like you said, is a good start. So, a uh, bit of a side note. Pro Wrestling Tees has crashed. Yes. Because Punk's shirt looks exactly like the one he had in 2011. Uh, which I'm kind of su- surprised they're allowed to use that design. But that's, that's okay. It's not my legal battle fight. And God knows they've already fought Punk in court enough times. Um, and besides, it wouldn't be Punk's time. It would be Tony Khan. So if he doesn't give a shit, then... Imagine if WWE does some type of fucking cease and desist on the shirt. It would only help sell it more, like on the black market. <laughs> and it's not the it's not the same. It's a it's a new design. It's more uh, cartoonish. Oh, it's extremely in similar. the fists. It's the same color scheme. It's got the same writing on the back that he had when at Money in the Bank. I was there for for Money yeah, in the Bank that's... or something like. That. Oh, you could say I was there. I know, I know. Um, funny enough, Jr. commented and said that he the the United Center hasn't been rocking like this since Jordan. Which... By the way, by the way, my first comment on Rampage this week was JR instead of Jericho? Yes, please. Which is weird, right? Because you wouldn't think like that's the one you'd want to replace with No, the... that's the one I want to replace. Uh, but with JR? <laughs> with anybody, Sal. Uh, that's that tells you something, right? We're welcoming welcoming JR. Sorry. I enjoyed that you said welcoming, welcoming, and then paused to correct yourself and said welcoming again. <laughs> Sorry. It's the pain meds. Uh, we're, we're happy to see JR versus. <laughs> Unfortunately, Excalibur said he'd be back next week as he reevaluates his career. Why does he have to reevaluate his career? We'll get to that. <laughs> now let's go back into. Oh, wait, wrong shot. Um, oh no, we uh, we will we will go back in time to Monday because what happened on Monday? Another thirty minute episode of VT. Jesus fuck, twenty nine minutes. Go fuck yourselves. Seriously. You're not that important. Seriously. <sighs> this was a struggle to get through. Mm. Uh, we begin BT. Huh? You didn't do that. Oh, sorry. Being the elite, episode two sixty nine. Entitled. Entitled. Partying in Pittsburgh. Partying in Pittsburgh. It's like a fucking... 69 was the store number when I worked at the Discovery Channel store. Oh, yeah? And that, and that was easy to remember because it takes two to 69. Ah, there you go. We begin with the Bucks and Gorilla during Kenny's match with Christian last week on Rampage. Wow. Matt has a chair, and he's just basically waiting to help Kenny retain his title. I cannot tell you how much I love when the young bucks put on that voice affectation to explain story to us. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take this chair out there and we're going to help Kenny retain retain his title. We're going to have to help Kenny retain his title. Kenny. Kenny needs us out there. 
Like, yeah, we know this is fucking fake. You guys are fucking stupid. Yeah. Now, you had said something very similar to that on your most recent episode of the uh, Spot of NXT, where you said, who the fuck is watching Spot of NXT... I'm sorry, who the fuck is watching NXT UK that needs the rules of an Iron Man match explained? (laughs) Similar situation here. Who the fuck is actually searching out BTE that needs a run-in explained that we already saw on Rampage? That we already saw. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, we know, we already know what happens when you run out there. Yeah. And we already know that this is all written down somewhere already. So the two of you standing there looking into the camera, but with your stupid smug voices in, going, yeah, we're going to go help Kenny. We got this chair. It's a nice chair. (laughs) We're going to go cheat and help Kenny. Just makes you look fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, Okay. So we all know the story. They go out to help Kenny. Uh, They accidentally cost Kenny the title. Who fucking cares? Um, and then we go back to the locker room where Kenny has every excuse in the book while he, why he lost. Because, oh, that's kind of the joke of why they kept saying we're going to help Kenny with a chair. Because when we go back to the locker room, first thing out of Matt Jackson's mouth is, who uses a chair to win a match? I, I get it. It was, uh-huh. you know... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Kenny is uh is mad. Don Callis is mad. Kenny then shakes like he's mad. It's very cartoony. And then we go to or, the uh, or like he's shitting himself. Yeah, one or the other. Jeff uh, Jeff Parker. I'm... No, no. Then Dumb and Dumber. The one oh, that's not Jeff uh, Daniels. Daniels, thank you. I was, my brain was going Bridges, and I'm like, that's not fucking Jeff Bridges. <laughs> No, Jeff Daniels. Um, after the opening title sequence, uh, we get the, you know, the the Buck song. I guess is what you, not their theme song. The one that they play when they go shopping. Never look back now. Never say that. It is the dumbest and most annoying song in wrestling at this point. I don't even care if it's a wrestling YouTube show. It's still dumb. Um, and then after all that shit, because uh, just what, what do you want me to say? The Bucks went shopping. <laughs> First, they were traveling though. Don't forget about travel. I don't. That's they do it every week. They since we have been recording this show, they have shown us them flying in an airplane. Brandon Cutler wearing the one AEW official shirt he's ever had. Oh God. Astro says, "Was it a nice chair?" It was a nice chair. It was a solid metal chair. And it was painted black. For effect, I guess. I see a beige chair and I want to paint it black. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. So then let's go to Leva Bates. So they... (laughs) Shopping. Yes. They stop in front of the store and they look up at the store and Matt Jackson says the name of the store. Mm-hmm. Says, "Oh, that sounds cool." And they go into that store. They go into a store called DL was it no DTLR. Yes. They come out 
of a Foot Locker. Yes. Where's the continuity? We, I mean, you're <laughs> complaining that we didn't see their entire trip to the mall? <laughs> or did that store rebrand while they were inside? <laughs> Quick, take the sign down. Let's get that sign up there. All right. Can we move on from the buck shopping? Yes. I know you don't care about the buck shopping. Uh, let's move on to Leva Bates, who is apparently in a stairwell? Loading, loading dock? Something? So, something where she's not able to go face-to-face with Peter for some reason. She has to stand on the stairs while Peter is behind glass, holding up a boombox. I think, uh, I think he was behind glass, but... <laughs> they made it. It was it was high fidelity. Is what it was. Yeah. Um. And I mean, it's not like Caster needs the boombox. True. He's it's not that boombox though. He's holding Are you up. Sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh wait a minute. You know what? Maybe it I was. Think it's that, I think it's that boombox because <laughs> it had that chain on it. So maybe. Yeah. It was. Nobody knows why there's a chain on it. So uh, he holds up the boombox. Allah say anything. And high fidelity. He plays it, or he plays their theme song, and Leva can't hear a damn thing, and she's like, I "What? What? Did. I don't understand what you're doing." And he's like, "It's our theme I, song." No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I, he, he, I did, I did get a chuckle out of this because he holds up the boombox and then nothing happens. Yes, and she goes, "I'm not. I don't hear anything." And he just goes, "Shh." <laughs> well, I didn't. No, no, no. It's our theme song. Shh. <laughs> I did. I did get a chuckle out of that. I've also disturbed my cat by making that noise. Apparently. Um, so here's the thing, though. I think we have finally put the nail in the coffin of these Leva and Peter segments because she doesn't really react to this, and instead, she made a face. She made like an. Oh, face. She kind of made a face, but then Alex Reynolds shows up, puts his arm around Leva, and gives Peter the... Waggles his eyebrows like 14 times. Waggles his eyebrows like Dr. fucking Wiley. Okay? (laughs) And it's like, yeah, sorry, buddy. And then you can see Leva, she mouths the words, I'm sorry. I don't love you. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I added that last part. That's a part. good joke, though. That's a good joke. <laughs> I, I, it was at this point that I thought that I actually only just noticed that the Silver and Reynolds t-shirt says Hungy and Handsome on it. Nice. I enjoy that. Handsome. Uh, Peter is heartbroken. Uh, I mean, dude, she has, for the past, like, 12 weeks, rejected every single thing you've tried. <laughs> What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> Including whatever we weren't allowed to watch last week. Exactly. So, sadness. Poor, poor Peter Avalon. Somewhere, Alex Reynolds is still doing the eyebrows. <laughs> uh, then we go back to the Elite's locker room. Of course we do. Excuse me, the Super Elite. And we got we to gotta hurry because the Bucks are about to be on. It's their matchup next. Um, and Nick tells Matt to hurry up, and of course Matt is trying to put his jacket on, but we can't see Matt's face. And then Matt shows up on the other side of the shot, and we're like, well, who's wearing the jacket? We know who's wearing the jacket. (laughs) Let's run this joke into the ground. You mean BTE is gonna fucking redo jokes? 
I don't believe you. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Carl Anderson. He then takes a sip of might have been piss. Oh, okay. That's another thing I did laugh at at the first the first uh, elite segment. In yes, the after room. Kenny lost. And he's shaking. Just the hard cut on that of him taking a sip from this bottle of whatever it was, and I think it was Cutler going, Kenny, that's pee. Yeah. That might have been Callus. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but yes, I, I completely forgot to mention that because then we hard cut to the uh, to the intro. But yeah, supposedly uh, he drank piss. Uh, it's like that, it's that South Park episode where the boys make the sports drink. Yeah. <laughs> And the last line of the episode is Randy Marsh taking a sip of it and just going, this is cum. Ew. Great episode. Um, yeah, so Carl Anderson takes a sip and instantly becomes Sour Boy. Oh, no, it's Sour Boy. Not Sour Boy. He's the worst. You know. Run this joke into the ground. There, there might be money in a t-shirt that has a picture of Carl Anderson doing the Sour Boy face, and on top it says, Oh, no, not Sour Boy! And on the bottom it says, He's the worst! I, I think it would sell. I wouldn't buy that for a nickel. No, but I would I would chuckle at it. <laughs> it's just for my entertainment, seriously. It's not like I'm going to fucking rock it. But anyway. Would you buy this shirt? No, but it's funny. <laughs> How many shirts do you see like that on the indies? That's a great shirt. I won't fucking spend money on it, but that's a great shirt. Um. Anyway. Yeah, so uh, Carl Anderson is once again trying on jackets that don't fit him and don't belong to him. Then we go to more Cutler Cam. And this time it's from the Six Man from Dynamite against the Seidels and against Dante Martin. Cutler is uh, providing commentary, so to say. It's awful. It's just basically Cutler marking out every five seconds <laughs> and spraying Nick with cold spray, being like, Nick, Nick, I got your back. Nick, it's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, again, more Cutler cam recap bullshit. I have two notes here. Mm -hmm. Usually we just skip past the Cutler cam, but I, hope I do have notes here. I appreciate... <clears throat> Excuse me. I appreciate Dante eyeballing Cutler on the outside when he was going after Kenny. Some nice kayfabe there. Um, and number B, how close was Dante Martin to breaking Kenny's freaking neck on that fucking springboard hurricane rana? Very close. Very Holy close. shit. Holy shit, Bulls. Edge of a paper close. I see what you did there. <laughs> Because um, that broke that guy's neck. Right. So let's fast forward just a little bit to the. Yes, let's skip the shoes part. No, 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 no. Even while oh. we're still on Cutler Cam. Oh, okay. They announced that Jurassic Express is getting the tag title shots against uh, against the Bucks. And Tony Schiavone is in the ring, and everybody's like, what the hell, Schiavone? And he's like, oh, I didn't do anything. <laughs> And they zoom the camera. Rick, and Rick Knox is like, yeah, he didn't say anything. <laughs> Rick Knox, you have no idea what's going on. We understand that. Uh, more Cutler Cam for uh, the Dark Water versus uh, the Good Brothers. 
Uh, no one cares. Oh, also, Brandon got the fucking shit kicked out of him by Colcabana. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not Colcabana. Colcabana was about to. No, Colcabana punched him in the mask. No, before this. Before oh. that. While we're still on Dynamite. Colcabana was about to punch Cutler. And no, he then, punched him in the mask on, on Dynamite, too. Oh, he did punch. Okay, because then Frankie came out and just kidnapped him. That's what sent him reeling. Uh, so Frankie rapes Cutler. <laughs> it, look, in this company, that's what happens. When you get kidnapped, okay, go ask Michael Nakazawa what Pac, what Pac did to him. Full Heidenreich. Exactly. So Cutler gets kidnapped. He gets back into the elite locker room. They could give a shit less. They don't fucking care. Um, and then they make Cutler, like, fucking drive him around and shit. And they just, you know. Oh, is th- this is the part where fucking Kenny goes off, huh? KT. Guys, I got dragged around. By, I got dragged off by Frankie. Where were you? Shut the fuck up, Brandon. Look, shoes. <laughs> uh, yes. Kenny, by the way, says, oh, there's two things are guaranteed. Uh, the, number one, Dynamite was boring. You're not being a heel by shitting on your own show, idiot. And number two, uh, we got new shoes. We got new shoes. That's what it's all about. You can guarantee one thing on BT is that we're going to get new shoes. And then they all show off their shoes. And some of them are fancy. And some of them are ugly as shit. And all of them are way too expensive. Oh, 100%. From there, it's time for the Hollywood Hunk segment. He's in his pool, which actually looks like an infinity pool, but I couldn't see the end of it, so. Uh, and that dude, what was that dude's name? He named him this week. Clyde? Uh, I don't know. That dude's like, oh, we got cream content to make. And he's like, no, I am a cream creator, connoisseur. I make art. I make motion pictures. For some reason, I feel like this was making fun of Vince McMahon. Because he doesn't make wrestling, he makes he makes movies. Um, maybe I'm reading too much into that. But uh, that's it. It's just he was he's the best. He makes cream content, and once he... the pool emptied and filled with cream by the end of the day. Yes, he orders his lackey to empty oh. the pool, call the guy to fill it with cream. It's got until <laughs> the end of the day to do it. KT right on the ball. All I got from the HH spot was I want a pool full of jizz. Seriously. Yeah, there's not really much else to say here. <laughs> you know. This doesn't make any sense. No. So then, Stuno's uh, uh, discussing with Colt how the Dark Order's been arguing. Everybody's arguing about Hangman. And this is when Cutler shows up. And he's like, hey guys, I'm here to do the... Uh, required Dark Order segment. And they're like, Cutler, get the fuck out of here. And Colt... Rebreaks his nose, and I'm so happy he re- rebroke his nose. <laughs> Even kayfabe wise, I'm just like, good. Fuck Brandon Cutler. <laughs> I, I I appreciate Colt punching the mask, and I'm like, shaking his hand out. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What happened after that? He punches Cutler. Cutler goes down comically, and then oh, there. <laughs> this was kind of like. A shoot. They're like walking around Pittsburgh and they see Don Callis across the street coming from like the GNC place. And he's a fucking Mark. He's got little tiny fucking jean shorts on and an AW t shirt. <laughs> also, Kenny gambles poorly. 
Uh, you skipped over the uh, you skipped over the beat the, the elite handshake. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Carl Anderson and uh, Matt Matt Jackson. Jeff. Matt Jackson do an elite handshake and it ends with Carl kissing everybody kissing the receiver on the cheek. I don't. Whatever. <laughs> it's that it's that it's that French kiss. Not a, it's not a French kiss. It's not a French, but it's that French. So the elite were French kissing kiss. each other. Got it. Where they where they smooch next to each other's cheeks? Yeah, nah. it's very Hollywood. It's very very uh, annoying, is what it is. Uh, anyway, they go to a casino. Kenny wins money. Brandon wins like forty eight bucks. I thought it was forty eight hundred. Not gonna lie, that was forty eight hundred points. Yes. Yeah. He's like, that's another forty eight bucks. I was like, oh, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else do we got here? I don't know. Everybody's gambling. There's a Lego thing of pirates that looks kind of cool. They're kind of sightseeing. Kenny and Matt are, the fuck they're doing. are fucking uh, slurping very loudly. Kenny and Matt are fucking? No, they're slurping out of milkshakes very loudly. It's annoying. Oh, in that in that toy store. In yes, the they finally go to the toy store. All the, the AEW, all the AEW figures in the world. And Matt Jackson is pissed because every time he goes to Walmart, he can't find his figures. Which is fair because you yeah. were, had a difficult time finding them too. My friend, my friend Jonathan actually sent me a picture today of the the Walmart in uh, Tuxbury. Okay, I think makes sense. Yeah, I said, I said, holy shit, where was that? Wal-, I said Walmart Tuxbury. It was. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven AEW figures in this picture, just sitting on a shelf. Wow. So he got uh, he got Jungle Boy and uh, Adam Page. Nice. So yeah, uh, Matt. You and can I tell. need to and I need to map quest how far Tuxbury is. It's not that far. You should. <laughs> you, you met me in Woburn that time, remember? Because I bought I you where, a card. I know where Woburn is. Humanity yes. thing. Yes. Tuxbury is about two or three exits before Woburn. So it's closer. <laughs> Although I don't know from where you live now, it might be you know. But anyway, this this anyway. random ass toy store that wasn't any like it wasn't like a Toys R Us or anything no. affiliated as far as we could tell, just a random ass mall toy store. Yeah, had like a shit ton of AEW figures. Yeah, and then everybody made this huge fucking deal because there was a double pack with the Fiend and I think Daniel Bryan. Yeah, and Kenny's like, "Oh, let's just move this one over here," and I'm like, "Okay, I don't." read anything into that. I don't think that everybody's like, oh, oh shit, that means they're coming to AEW. And I'm like, all right, slow the fuck down. <laughs> slow your roll. Yeah. I and everybody says it's telling because he said The Fiend, but then he's like, I don't know, and somebody else. Like, in other words, he didn't say Daniel Bryan's name, and that means Daniel Bryan's coming. I don't know. I think people are just seeing what they want to see with that. I think it was just there, and they were just like, oh, let's get this out of here. Fucking WWE figure. You know what I mean? If it was a Roman one and he, like, stepped on it, that would have been kind of funny. <laughs> also a little bit on the nose. But anyway, uh, after that, because Matt is so impressed to see all... Oh, by the way, Nick's not here. They finally find the figures, and Nick's not even around. <sighs> So then we go back to the elite locker room, and Kenny shoots on. It is at this point that I note, Jesus fuck, there's still seven minutes left. Yeah. So when we go back to the elite locker room, 
Kenny. I don't know. It's it seems like he was hamming it up, but it also seems like he was shooting because he was like coming at the IWC who rip at him for playing basketball on this show. He was like, "You fucking losers couldn't do what I do. You you have to be an elite athlete to to do the stuff that we do." And like was really actually mad that the internet gives them shit for playing basketball on the show. <laughs> That's the way I took it. He seemed like he was like actually pissed. Which, I mean, I do get it. It's their show. They can do whatever the fuck they want. But um, he was so pissed that the internet gets mad when they play basketball that they then played basketball for the next 10 minutes. And the Elite won 11 or nothing. I will admit I loved the last shot because it reminded me of the um, Jordan Bird commercials. Yeah, nothing but net. Yeah, when it's like, can you top this? And they just go back and forth with these weird trick shots. So the actual basketball bouncing around the arena was more entertaining to me than the Elite. Yeah. <laughs> we did get another uh, another cameo from All Ball Cutler. Yeah. He's, yes, that's, uh, my la- that's my last note for this week. Seven minutes of basketball, fuck yourselves. It's like, you don't want to see basketball? We're going to fucking... We're going to do more basketball now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So wait a minute. So this ma- this episode could have been 20 minutes, if not for 10 minutes of basketball. <laughs> it was like seven minutes of basketball, yeah. Oh, but there was a whole bunch of other bullshit that they could have cut out, too. <laughs> That's true. Um, I would have left it. teased in. us, Sal. I teased us with Everize last week. I know, I know. I will say this: um, the Leva segment, Leva and Peter segment, was fine to kill it. Like, Hopefully. please, please let that be dead now. Um, Hollywood hunk segment was dumb. I got nothing on it. <laughs> um, Cole Cabana punching Brandon Cutler was kind of filler. I don't really have a point. And uh, I think that's it. Everything else was elite, right? We got a secret handshake. We got kisses. We got, Boy. We got Sour Boy. We got Cutler Cam, like, multiple times, including a close-up of Tony Giovanni being like, well, I don't know what's going on. Why are you coming at me? That was it. Mm-hmm. Whole thing sucked. Yeah, if, you, if you're going to sit here and say, like, Oh, Sal's doing nothing this episode but kissing AEW's ass. No, 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 this sucked. <laughs> this sucked. And there's a lot of other things that sucked, too. But, go ahead. Dinamite, episode 99. Straight into the opening video this week, JR hollers us into existence from the Fertitta Center in Houston, Texas. JR talks about Jericho's labor. Excalibur talks about the tag title match. Tony talks about Sammy. Excalibur talks about the women's match. And JR talks about Sting. Excalibur says, we'll hear from Moxley and Kingston right now. Kingston beckons to Mox, and they enter through the crowd until they're attacked by 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. 2.0 and Garcia hit the ring, and Matt Lee has a microphone. Matt tells Darby and Sting that they just took out their boys, so come get it right here, right now. Yeah, what what was... (laughs) I'm so confused. What were Moxley and Kingston going to say? Who knows? They got interrupted. Were they going to be like, it's been fun pairing together, but now we're going to go our separate ways? <laughs> Just when we're touched and we're on our separate ways. I don't know. Uh, the, lights, 
get a lot of we get a lot of two point in Daniel Garcia this week. A lot more than I need. Well, the lights go out. There's Al Snow. Sorry, there's just snow. And Dasha introduces Sting. Where is Justin Roberts? Who cares? Darby tries a sneak attack, but mishandles his skateboard. He takes out Garcia, then Sting clotheslines 2.0. We get synchronized Stinger splashes, and we fight into the crowd. Uh, up in the concourse, they send Darby face first into the ceiling. Tony complains about this being three on two, but I'm not sure the match has actually started yet, uh, as I don't recall there being a bell. Uh, the three takes Sting back to the floor. Moments later, Darby balance beams his ass down the loge and dives on 2.0 and Garcia. Then Moxley and Kingston reappear to get some licks in. Real quick. Darby- no. Was it weird that he's just walking down the beam that you would usually like hold on to like walk down the was, stairs? Uh, that was impressive. I, not the, uh, it was not a handrail. It's just like the edge of the concrete wall. That's yes, the but I I wouldn't walk from the down, you, I wouldn't walk down that. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Jeff Hardy 2.0. Yeah. Oh, there it is. That's true. The Darby retrieves a table from under the ring, and they slide it in. Parker takes out takes out Sting's knee as Lee tosses Darby to the ramp, which goes all the way to the ring. 2.0, then suplex Darby onto his skateboard, trucks up. Ouch. What? Ouch. Why? 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 Look, you know what? For a guy who supposedly wants to die in the ring, you're not going to make it if you cripple yourself. <laughs> For a guy who wants to die in the ring, stop doing those spots on the ramp then. Ugh. Um <laughs> Do them in the ring. Uh, back in the ring, 2.0 set up the table. Sting fights back, but ends up getting double power bombed through the table. And then he immediately gets up. To which... Calm the fuck on. Shivani says... Oh, that's Shades of the Old Stinger right there. Now. Let's break that down for a second. Yeah, because he's 62. He is old. Let, now, let's break it down for a second, because... From all the episodes of Nitro that you covered, plus the random WCW things we've watched from uh, other various shows, right? I will I will say there was some part of Sting's character at one point where he might get a vertical suplex, he no-sell it, get up, freak the heel out, pound his chest, and go into Sting mode, as it were. Sting mode, but, <laughs> but I don't recall him 25 getting five fucking years ago, possibly thirty when you think about some of those spots. But I don't recall him getting violently power bombed through a table by two people as one of the spots mm-hmm. he no sold. Yeah, so 60, that's not vintage Sting. Sixty-two-year-old man, double power bombed through a table. By a brand new team in your company who you're trying to establish. And Sting pops right back up and beats his chest and raw. Because, no. because he's Fuck six you. foot four and he's like, ah, vanilla midgets, boo. Fuck <laughs> you. Fuck whoever booked that spot. I didn't, I didn't, I thought it was stupid as shit, to be honest. Speaking of stupid as shit. Uh, Darby double drop kicks 2.0 into a double scorpion death drop. That was actually pretty cool. But Sting then drags Parker on top of Lee and locks on a double scorpion death lock and 2.0 tap out. Okay. You want some continuity? Everybody out there who's ever listened to me on the WWE rundown, you want some continuity? I fucking hated when Natalia did it. I still hate it now. Yeah, it it's fucking dumb. I don't care who does the move. It's stupid. You should have just pinned the legal guy after the double scorpion death drop. 
fucking Matt Lee like desperately holding on to Parker's waist so they roll together. Like it was fucking, Also shouldn't it not even count because you're not supposed to have another guy in the ring while somebody's in a submission? No, it's a tornado match. I, I, tornado match. I, I don't think submissions get cooler by adding more people to them. It also doesn't look good. No, it looks like shit. <laughs> Stink could, could barely figure out how to how to apply the scorpion to, to four legs at once. Uh, I don't like it. I didn't like, again. I didn't like it when Natalia did it. And by the way, Jr. going. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that. Oh no, Shivani. Shivani said, "I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that." And then he quickly covered his ass by saying, "At least not. At least I haven't seen it." And I'm like, "Well, you have the excuse. The guy sitting next to you, if he said that, I would have had a problem with it." <laughs> Ugh, it was dumb. It was dumb. Yeah. It was dumb. Because of all the people in that match who needed to be built, it's fucking Sting. It's the icon. What the fuck? Oh, by the way, earlier I mentioned that CM Punk was the biggest signing AEW has had to date. Yeah, that includes Sting. Because Sting is 62 years fucking old. And we've been we down get- this road. Sting showed up in TNA for like 10 years. We get replays, we get celebration, Darby's hand is fucked up. Sting hugs an old man at ringside, and we go to Sammy's special announcement from before we went on the air. Remember how they advertised last week that Sammy had a big announcement he was going to make? Yeah. Yeah, they did it before. Uh, It was Sammy proposing to his girlfriend. Of course, she said, yes, my friend Jonathan is going to be very sad. From there Um, mm -hmm. So there are a lot of times in wrestling where where somebody's on screen... uh, spouse or girlfriend is shown and i'm like "Eh, i think that's an actress right this was not the case this uh as soon as she showed up on screen i could tell was a real life girlfriend of sammy guevara you know every didn't expect her to look like what she looked like but good for them I'm sure there's a lot of disappointed uh, people that Tammy is engaged to this young lady. Just throwing it out there. Did she look like someone you would have predicted would have been Sammy Guevara's girlfriend? Wow, rude. I'm, look, I'm being real. She looked like a hippie who had no business being on camera. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you body shaming Pam? I didn't say a word about her weight. I did not. You you said that, sir. From there, we go to Spears and Tully, who congratulate the happy couple while also talking shit. Uh, Spears offers to let her become a one-night-only member of the Pinnacle and says tonight she can be on top. Oh, 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 that's probably the worst joke you can tell on TV about a woman in 2021. But, you know, I'm not the one who said the line. And hopefully Sammy knew about it beforehand. Yeah. Oh, is it my turn now? It is. All right. Sammy Guevara comes out in his hometown of Houston to a huge pop. Mm-hmm. Spears attacks him from behind. They brawl on the top of the ramp. Guevara dropkicks Spears off the ramp, and then he hits a missile dropkick. Guevara hugs his new fiance at ringside, and then they brawl through ringside. Uh... Spears and Guevara, not his fiance and him. Uh, 
They go chops back and forth. Spears is down, and Guevara celebrates with the front row. Spears drives Guevara into the ring steps, and then Tully Blanchard hits an assisted spiked pile driver onto Guevara on the outside, right in front of Aubrey. But of course, the bell hasn't actually rung yet. Correct. So, as pissed off as Aubrey is, she doesn't do anything about it. Nor can she, really. And they get back in the ring, and we get the bell. Uh, let's see here. They set up to do the pile driver again, but this time Aubrey ejects Tully. You're gonna do it right in front of my face? Do it to my face! (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) Tully then... (sighs) Okay, this is another problem I had with, with Dynamite. Tully threatens like he's going to hit Aubrey... Sure, that will go over well. And then before he leaves, he decides to throw his jacket at her. He fucks this up and has to actually throw it at her again. <laughs> he threw it at her. He threw it at her the first time and it got caught on the rope. So then he had to like take the jacket back and like do a whole old man like no. Oh, Why are we throwing jackets at women in 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 AEW? <laughs> <laughs> Is that heat? Is that is that what we're supposed to... Plus, JR didn't even fucking stick up for her. JR wasn't even like, hey, that's a woman with a vagina who's a ref. <laughs> uh, uh, Spears then shouts at uh, Sammy's girlfriend, or fiancé as it were. Guevara hits an insiguri, but he misses a springboard cutter. Spears gets a roll-up. And Guevara kicks out. Spears hits a chop, and we go to Box and Box. Uh, let's see here. Then we get back from Box. We got a Let's Go Sammy chant. Spears then gets a chair from ringside. He slowly turns and stares at Pam. This allows Guevara to attack Spears. Go ahead. Oh, just The name Pam is just funny to me. <laughs> Sammy pulls a guardrail from under the ring and sets it up between the ring and the barricade. Both men springboard to the top turnbuckle in a spot that was completely fucking choreographed and rehearsed about 17 times. JR is confuzzled by this. A collar and elbow on top of the turnbuckle? I never. (laughs) Um, But as they sit there and they jockey for position... Spears decides to flip Guevara off, which is hilarious, you see, because Guevara's just going to shove him off through the barricade. <laughs> oh, wait, no, 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 that's not the barricade spot. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. So Guevara grabs him and hits a cutter from the top turnbuckle. Correct. Straight down. <laughs> At which point I wrote, that top rope cutter was a thing of beauty. Though the setup was kind of dumb. The setup was very if dumb. If you yes. both jump to the top rope at the same time, why would you both just stand there? Exactly. Um, I apologize for jumping ahead because I was about to get really pissed off. Now I can get pissed off. Uh, Spears hits an avalanche C4 from the top rope and Sammy kicks out of that, which seems a little much. And then on the apron, Sammy hits a super kick, picks up Spears, 
and hits a Death Valley driver onto the guardrail. So let me get this straight. Sean Spears just got a Death Valley driver onto a guardrail from the apron. He must be dead, right? Hmm. Guevara throws him back in the ring, climbs to the top, and hits a beautiful 630. I think it's Tony Schiavone that says that's how he beat, uh, or that's how he won the, um, the fuck is that match called? The Spring Stampede, whatever it's fucking called. Stampede match. Stadium. Stadium Stampede, there it is. And then Sean Spears kicks out. Mm-hmm. Adam, I would fully tell you, man, I was livid at this point. Who the fuck kicks out of a 630? Kicking out of a 630 after a DVD on a barricade? It's Sean Spears, for fuck's sake. Yeah, that, that should have been Sting. <laughs> um, you got to be fucking kidding me, guys. What are we do? Why, why would we do that? There is no point in that. That is a perfect way to finish the match. Mm-hmm. Talk about overbooked bullshit. And granted, if somebody came down and like interrupted that count, I would have a little bit less of a problem than fucking Spears just kicking out. Like, oh, yeah. fuck your 630. It makes no sense. No, I was so done with the match when that happened. I was just like, Mm-mm. After a, D- a Death Valley driver on, a bar- on, on the barricade. Yeah. Uh, this is also Sammy can pull down his knee pad, hit hit some straight knees to the face, and then he hits the GTH on said bare knee for the three count. Again, completely fucking unnecessary. And if Sean Spears yeah. got a broken nose, or if Sammy got a dislocated kneecap, you only have yourself to blame for that spot. Just throwing it out there. Uh, Spears is also bleeding. Yeah. So, uh, two, two matches, two people bleeding. Uh, Sammy makes out with Pam at ringside. It's cute. Tony Schiavone is then backstage with Christian Cage. Don Callis interrupts him before he can say anything. Callis says he gave Christian a start in this business. Callis says nothing has changed. Uh, Christian says he can say what he can twist it any way he wants. Uh, he's, he's in Omega's head. Omega's terrified that he will take the AEW title at All Out. And then he calls Callis a carny piece of shit. Swearing is cool. Yeah. A uh, little bit of an update on yep. that, by the way. Okay. So as we had mentioned last week, Christian Cage is your new Impact World Champion. And the titles belts that he holds as part of uh, being that champion were the Impact title and the TNA title. And apparently this week on Impact, he retired the old TNA title belt. Correct. So there is now only one championship belt. Which is why there's only one belt on Rampage. Right. And I'm perfectly fine with that because we just needed to close the door on that. That, That's The problem is the TNA title is the better looking title. I mean, sure. (laughs) But the Impact title is the newer one. Also... Everyone knows I'm in Omega's head. Omega's <laughs> head. Nice. Uh, after a commercial, we it get a... Doesn't, it doesn't stop, folks. Nope. 
Uh, after a commercial, we get a video package of Dante Martin's performance last week. Dante Martin. Oh, child. Oh, sweet child. Oh, sweet child is right. Dante Martin gives us the most wooden paint-by-numbers <laughs> promo in the business. Uh, he took the champ to the limit, and he'll keep rising up the ranks, and this year people will know the name of Darius, oh, sorry, of Dante Martin. Who? <laughs> I wrote, okay, thanks, kid. Yeah, thanks, kid. We're probably never going to see you in the show again for the rest of the year, but thanks, kid. <laughs> he tried so hard. He got so far. But in the end, does it really matter? (laughs) Uh, Back from that, Tony Schiavone's in the ring with Dan Lambert, my favorite person. Oh, good God. I I got in a conversation with with, uh, Jason off-air about Dan Lambert, and he was telling me he's such a great promo, and, you know, he's basically putting over the company while uh, shitting on the company, saying nobody's like how it used to be when he was a wrestling fan. And I said, oh, so he's Jim Cornette. He said, yeah, well, he definitely made of. he definitely made me want to punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he Lambert goes off about cancer culture and free speech, and Did says, you say "Cancer culture." I'm sorry, cancel culture. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Again, a lot of pain meds. Uh, he says Tony Khan knows that UFC contracted uh, fighters are not allowed in a wrestling ring. But that's okay, because Lambert found a way around that. He called up Dana White, and Dana White uh, told him to use these former UFC champions, Junior Dos Santos, and there was some other guy that he didn't write down. My bad. Uh, <laughs> not my fault. Uh, but he, and he dares the AEW locker room, if you're feeling jumpy, if you're feeling froggy, come out and jump. So out comes Lance Archer. However... It's not the UFC guys that Lance Archer gets in a fight with. No, he gets jumped by the men of the year. Mind you, I thought Ethan Page was dead. yeah. Remember them? Wasn't Ethan Page dead? Didn't we see him get rolled away in a casket? (laughs) Rest in penis. Rest in penis, the whole nine. No? Oh, that was someone else. That was someone else. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Lambert laughs and Jr. speculates if uh, if he set this all up. It was a setup. It was a setup. God damn it! It was a setup. I have two questions. Okay. First question: Why the fuck was Tony Schiavone in the ring the whole time? He was there to interview Dan Lambert. Yeah, but Dan Lambert took the mic and just started yakking away. Why How does every Schiavone interview go at this point? Second question. Why, in kayfabe, would they invite this dipshit back? Very good question. Very good question. Yeah, it doesn't really make any hey, sense. Hey, you guys remember how last time I was here, I, st- I took an open mic and just talked shit about you for five minutes? I promise I won't do it again this time. And then he did it again. Chris Jericho is backstage. First of all, no, first of all, I would like to point out, Jericho doesn't look like he has the past couple weeks. He looks like he's went tanning. He looks like he's slept. 
he looks like he's done a hydroxy cut cycle or two. Um, I'm Same wondering. Tired eyes. I'm wondering. Like, granted, I understand Jericho's still a fat piece of shit, but did he play up how much the labors were taking out of him uh, with his lack of caring about his physical appearance the past few weeks? Because he looked normal here. I can't say that for the past three weeks of Dynamite. Uh, he says all he has endured, the labors of Jericho, he's paid the price, but he survived, he won. Tonight he gets his ultimate prize. MJF, he may not have the Judas music, he may not have the Judas effect, but what he does have is the upper hand and the momentum. He has 5,000 fans who will sing him to the ring. Tonight he gets his revenge. So um, we'll get more. We'll talk more about those five thousand fans singing him to the ring in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Tag title time. Sadly, Marco stunned his back. The box enter with Cutler, the brothers, Don Callis, and the AEW World Title. That was weird. Uh, Callis heads to commentary. JR loves the suit. Jungle starts with Nick, and Excalibur plugs tickets. Someone tell Troy that AEW makes their Milwaukee debut next Wednesday, and tickets are still available. Nick takes the head, gets pushed off, and nails a shoulder block. Then he dances like Macho Man. Jungle takes the waist off the ropes. Nothing happens. Nick dances again. Nick poses. Jungle charges. Nick backflips to the floor and poses again, so Jungle dives on him. This fucking shit. Flippity-dippity arm drag by Jungle. Then Nick tries to tag Luchasaurus, who punches him in the face. Uh, Jungle tags out, Lucha plays with Nick in the corner, then Nick tags out, Lucha catches a crossbody from Matt and hits a power slam for two, Lucha tags Jungle, who hits the shoulder post senton for a two count, they tease a bunch of stuff, then Jungle hurricane run his neck to the floor, Matt takes out Luchasaurus, then dives on him, Matt hip swivels in the ring, and we go to box. When we come back, Jungle gets sent into the corner, but fights out, we get the hot tag, and Luchasaurus repeatedly punches the bucks in their faces. He throws the Bucks around with a, bu- a big double clothesline. Luchasaurus wants a choke slam, but Nick breaks it and hits a spin kick into the corner. Nick gets his legs kicked out. Jungle tags in and hits a superplex for two. Luchasaurus back in. He goozles Nick, and we get a Jurassic Park joke from Brandon Cutler. <laughs> Finally, we get the double choke slam, then a double team. Jungle dives on Nick, and Lucha covers Matt for a two count. Jungle tags back in. Nick breaks up the double team, and both Jurassic Express members get double super kicks. Jungle Boy kicks out of an indie taker. Then Marco is on the ropes for some reason. Kenny runs out with a chair. He nails Marco with it. Thank you. Good Brothers take knocks. Christian appears to chase Kenny off. Jungle suplexes Matt through the chair, but Nick breaks it up. They they hurl Nick to the ramp and hit another double team, but Nick breaks up the cover again. Nick gets hurled back to the apron. Then Jungle Boy takes out the Brothers and Cutler. Luchasaurus dives on Brothers and Cutler. Jungle backslides Matt. Nick pulls Matt out. BTE trigger, and that's the end of that. <coughs> that was a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Um, they try. They, you know, typical. Let's get a bunch of fucking shit in this match. I I will admit I bit on the spot when Kenny came down with the chair, because it was very similar to how they set up the one on Rampage. And, yeah, for a second I thought, eh, maybe the Jurassic Express will win the tag titles. Not I, yet. No, not yet, but... um, Give it two weeks. Yeah, exactly. More on that in a moment. 
Uh, Gallows carries Christian's corpse to the ring as the beat as a beatdown ensues. They beat the shit out of Christian, ending with a one-winged angel and a three-count from Callus. Well, the beatdown. Yeah, it wasn't bad. The elite, the super elite, doing exactly what they need to do as heels. Uh, and Callus, for all the shit that I give him, uh, when he started shit-kicking Christian, huge fucking reaction to that. <laughs> so I'll give him that. We go backstage to Tony and Britt Baker and Rebel. Britt brings in Jamie Hayter, who glares at us ominously. Jamie says she and Britt go way back. Yeah, all the way to your first match two years ago when you lost to her. Hayter challenges Red Velvet to a match on Dynamite next week. Uh, It was fine. Yeah. They did the, the point at the end, DMD, and Jamie didn't do it. And Britt was like, you'll get it next time. She'll get it next time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jamie haters there to hurt people. So let me see her hurt people and I'll be fine. We can start with Red Velvet. I'm fine with that. <laughs> when we come back, JR sends us to a video on Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy. Then Tony is in the ring. I hate how Time that's to- a thing. Time to talk to Paul White. Paul says he was happy to help Tony out last week. Then he screams something unintelligible. Paul says he has a huge announcement, which brings out QT Marshall. QT warns Paul against building something up that he can't back up. He also calls Paul old and washed up. He then shows x-rays of Paul White's hip and a picture of his ass. <laughs> White yells at QT and says he has a match at all outs against QT. QT shits his pants and Excalibur sends us to a video from Jade Cargill. But, okay, but what was Paul's huge announcement? Uh, same as fucking... Uh, Moxley's and Kingston's. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I told you, I could see where they were going last week. They were going to have Paul White fight QT at All Out. And you said to me, that's not going to happen at All Out. I think even Tony Khan's not that stupid. He is. He's a mark. Of course he's going to make Paul White's AEW in-ring debut at All Out. Um it does not deserve to be at all out. You are correct no. in that. Uh, it, I believe. It, I believe what I said last week was that's a dynamite match at best. No, no, no. You said that's a rampage match at best. Oh, okay, that's a rampage which is one hundred percent accurate. That's a dark match at best. Let's be honest here. Like what? You're gonna waste time, and you know it's gonna get like twenty minutes between stupid fucking entrance bullshit, and then and then K, uh, QT hiding from from Paul White for half of the match. Like, on the outside, like, running around. Camarado's going to get involved. I'm booking this whole shit, and I hate it. <laughs> it's just so predictable and stupid. And guess what? Paul White's going to win. Oh, I know. It's so shocking, right? Look, Paul White can go in there and do a fucking moonsault, and I don't care. I don't. <laughs> this is fucking truth. So Mark Sterling says Jade was happy to accept Kira Hogan's challenge. They compare it to Miro beating the fuck out of Fuego last week, and we go to break. When we come back, Tony is backstage with the Elite. Fuck's sake. Callus uh, takes the mic and calls the Bucks the greatest tag team of all time. The crowd starts chanting Justin Bieber, and we hear someone who sounds a lot like Taz talk to the crowd about chanting Justin Bieber. And Tony says he talked to, tr- uh, to Tony says he talked to Tony, and there will be a tag team eliminator tournament: the Varsity Blondes, Private Party, Lucha Brothers, and Jurassic Express. The winners will face the Bucks inside of a steel cage at All Out. So Jurassic Express, then. Mm-hmm. More on that in a moment. Uh, turns out Taz is in the ring with Hook. 
He brings out Ricky Starks. Starks has his own mic. He slightly rewords what FTW stands for and then demands Brian Cage come out. But it turns out Powerhouse Hobbs has laid Cage out backstage. Hobbs picks up Cage. Cage starts to fight back. Starks starts screaming. I should, should not have written it that way. Starks starts screaming that they need to cut it. They have work to do, and Team Taz slowly leaves. Uh-huh. The fuck was that? Um, there was some conf- this, this company can't get straight what its workers say versus what they promote online. Last week on Dynamite, Ricky Stark says, I will be a Dynamite and and Cage, I'll be alone and you can come out there and we can talk face to face, right? They never said they were going to fight on Dynamite. That, that never fucking happened. But apparently on social media, AEW was like, this week on Dynamite, Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks. And then they pulled that. So they promised us something that we didn't get. So then, to make things worse, we have another, another Team Taz segment that lasts about 45 seconds. <laughs> and it's 45 seconds of nothing. 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 Ricky comes out. Brian Cage goes to meet him, but... Hobbs has jumped him in the back, and then Hobbs and Cage start fighting, and then all of a sudden Ricky's like, oh, we got to go help out Hobbs, and then the rest of Team Taz run back there, and that's it. We don't get any follow-up backstage, nothing. Nope. Well, th- these segments aren't doing anything for anybody. Yeah. And not only that, can someone explain to me, I think it might be a a, a Gen Z thing. What, why, why do people of Hook's age not comb their hair? Or do yeah. something with their like I don't. Is that a Justin Bieber thing? I don't. I don't get it. He looks like uh, he rolled out of bed. All right, Grandpa. <laughs> get you. Let's get you back in bed. <laughs> anyway, did you uh? Did you talk about Jade? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Excalibur then sends us. Back to Tony in the back. Yes. Now with the death triangle. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Lay your fucking show out better. Mm-hmm. Fucking 20 minutes of talkity bullshit. Uh, he reminds us that Lucha Bros have a chance at going to All Out, and Pac has been challenged by Andrade. Pac accepts the challenge, and Andrade appears with Chivito. Andrade says if Pac wants the match, he has to agree to the conditions. The assistant has a ream of paper. These are the conditions. Chavo wishes them well in the Eliminator Tournament and again says they have no chance with a boss like Pac. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm confused. I think my notes skipped uh, something here. Because the next thing I have here is Penelope Ford versus Thunder Rosa. That is the next thing. But I thought I had the main event tonight. Oh. oh there was only five matches. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Match number five, Penel- no, match number four, Penelope Ford versus Thunder Rosa. Uh, Penelope face washes Rosa. Rosa hits a dropkick. Forearms in the corner. Rosa with a back elbow in the corner. Rosa with stomps. Rosa throws Ford to the apron, and a dropkick sends Ford to the ring- to ringside. Rosa with chops again. Ford drives Rosa into the ring post and hits a huge cutter. That takes us to box. This is still pointless women's match before the main event, though, regardless if it's four or five. Uh, back from box, and Penelope hits some knee strikes on the ropes. Uh, she then hits a drop kick, double knee drop on the apron. Ford gets the cover for a two count. 
Penelope locks in a dragon sleeper. Rosa fights out with back elbows in the corner. Penelope hits a high boot, drives Rosa into the opposite corner, and then another high boot. Rosa avoids a third boot. Rosa hits a missile dropkick and then a butterfly suplex for a two-count. Penelope rolls through into a two-count. Penelope locks in the Moodle lock. Rosa rolls out, and she rolls into a cover, and this gets a two. Thunder then reverses into a single-leg crab. She hits a spinning Death Valley driver, and this gets a two-count. Penelope hits a gut buster, and then locks in the Moodle lock again. Rosa reverses into a triangle choke, and Ford taps out. Your winner, Thunder Rosa. Thoughts? There was a moment. Mm-hmm. Trying to see if it's on AEW botches so I can remember exactly which move it was. But they missed something. It's not on here. Uh, they missed something. It, like Somebody went for a kick or something and fell over. And JR goes, well, these ladies wrestle in some unique foot attire. They're he both wearing boots, JR. He did They're say both that. wearing boots. They are wearing boots. But then They're he said, wrestling then boots. he immediately followed that up with, I mean, the men do too. Those weird things they got in their feet. I think they're called boots. <laughs> like, what, what are they supposed to wear? Fucking sneakers like the elite do? I don't, I don't get it. Anyway, not the point. Anyway. Uh, then we go to a video package of Malachi Black. This is then followed immediately by an interview, if you can call it that, with Brock and Arn Anderson. Oh, joy. Arn says he doesn't like to get emotional, but things in AEW happen fast. Next week on Dynamite, Brock Anderson will get murdered by Malachi Black. Arn tries to talk Brock out of the match. Brock says, with all due respect... The match is signed. He's not asking. He's telling. Ooh, shut your mouth, Dad. Do what I want. For the second time in the, in the for the second time in this episode. Okay, thanks, kid. <laughs> A terrible promo. Yeah. Commentary runs down the rampage card, and during this, we get CM Punk chance. Then we go to a video package from Miro. Miro says what we all thought last week that Fuego del Sol didn't fucking earn it. And then he says he wants to talk to Eddie Kingston. Random. <laughs> you, uh, are you, I mean, with how much Kingston prays in his in his Tron video, maybe that they can yeah. play off of that. <laughs> Eddie Kingston would be a, a worthier uh, challenger than anybody else he's, he's fought recently. Yeah. Is that going to be the match at All Out? I guess so. Because they didn't book it for Dynamite next week. Huh. Uh, Speaking of Eddie Kingston, his best friend, my best friend, John Moxley is backstage. And uh, Moxley goes off, says everybody wants a piece of AEW now, but why should they? Why, Why do they think it's so easy? He says Hangman couldn't get over his fucking high school bullshit with the Elite. And he says he would drink him under the table and beat his ass. Ooh. Shots fired. He also says, don't get me started on Christian Cage. He beat, he beat Christian's ass so badly he, may, he wish he still was retired. 
Mox turning heel. He's <laughs> yeah. right. going after all the baby faces. He said he flew the flag for AEW during the most important times, during uncertain times. It's about time he sends a message who is still on the top of the food chain. Food chain, not food chain. Or chain. <laughs> he says, Daniel Garcia, if you want a taste of the main event, he will give it to him on Rampage. He then says, this ain't no joke, and I feel like there was more, but they cut him out. Because it didn't feel like he was done talking. He was like, this ain't no joke. And that's it. That's how the segment ends. Tell you what, nothing makes me want to watch Rampage more than the idea of John Moxley versus Daniel Garcia. You know what I didn't realize about Daniel Garcia? He's making his rounds around here. I think he's booked for a Limitless event uh, upcoming. Good for him. He's still Daniel Garcia, but, you know, good for him. <laughs> Enter MJF because it is main event time, the fifth labor of Jericho. MJF counts his abs during his entrance, so Tony needs to AEW confirmed. Yep. Jericho walks out in silence, but we still get karaoke. Of course we do. So, right. I know some people have said that AEW has piped in uh, the fans singing Judas, right? I'm not sure if it was piped in this time, because it kind of sounded like shit at certain parts. But also, this wasn't something that like naturally happened, as much as they want to make you think that. This was them begging on social media. <clears throat> Thank you for showing us two guys reading lyrics off a piece of paper the company probably gave them when they came in. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> The the whole week leading up to this, they posted the lyrics on social media repeatedly. And then, yeah, we, we focused in on two, what I would assume, plants. They probably had plants all over the fucking arena uh, to keep, you know, to get the crowd started and then finish it off. And it's funny because you heard the crowd get really loud at certain points, you know, like the chorus. <laughs> But, like, during some of the lyrics, they were just like... <laughs> so I don't think it was piped in. I just think it was a piss-poor effort for them to try to claim that it was uh, something that happened naturally. Yeah, bullshit. Bullshit. Also of note, Dasha completely giving up on trying to introduce Chris Jericho. Yes. Tony and JR gush about how amazing of a moment that was in the bell rings. It wasn't. MJ it was. <laughs> MJF starts us off with a shove, and then he tells the crowd to blow him. Nice. Jericho takes the legs, but Max flails to the floor to avoid the walls. He then gets hit with a springboard dropkick. Then a, a slingshot splash on the floor. Chopped by Jericho, Max fights back with a knee to the gut. Max pulls Jericho into the barricade, then steals a camera to flip everyone off. Jericho then punches the camera. Not Max. He punched the camera. Mm -hmm. And the force knocked Max down. Idiot. <laughs> With a series of chops and strikes in the corner, Max comes back and hurls Jericho's shoulder first into the ring post. He lays some kicks into the bad shoulder, and we go to box. We come back to an Irish whip and a double clothesline. Jericho with some strikes and a pair of shoulder blocks. Jericho comes off the top with an axe handle. Then Max takes the arm and hurls Jericho upside down into the buckles. I'm surprised Jericho can still take that bump. Max uh, removes the arm brace, then a double stomp to the arm. Uh, Max with an arm bar. Jericho fights out of this. Max hits the ropes and gets thrusted in the throat. A lion salt gets a two for Jericho. Jericho with some stomps and chops in the corner. He sends MJF across and hits a clothesline, then ten more. He puts MJF on top and chops him, then nine punches and a hurricane rana. This gets a two. 
MJF turns the kick out into the assault of the earth. Jericho rolls through and takes the legs, and he locks on the walls. Max rolls through this and kicks Jericho off. We punch in the middle of the ring. MJF with a heat seeker, and that's a two-count. Jericho locks on a sleeper, but Max kicks him in the balls. Max goes for the walls himself and locks on the Boston Crab. Jericho dramatically crawls to the bottom rope and then retrieves Floyd from his hiding place. How does he do it? MJF has the diamond ring. Aubrey removes the ring. Jericho hits MJF in the was it the chest, the stomach with Looks Floyd. Like the stomach. MJF Judas is Jericho and locks on the salt of the earth again. Jericho rolls this into a crucifix whoa, for two. Whoa, 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 whoa! After the Floyd shot, Jericho goes for for Ju- the Judas effect oh. and then oh, stops shit. himself. Oh, Even gosh. though Aubrey's back was turned and he just hit a guy with a baseball bat, so whatever. Yeah, but they already did that gimmick the last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho rolls this into a crucifix for two. Max does not release the hole. Jericho finally taps out. We get brief replays, briefer celebration, and we go off the air. I am pleasantly surprised. Uh, yeah. Because I thought, I said it last week. This was just to get a Jericho a win over MJF. Right, and he didn't. He did not. Um... Definitely a twist. I didn't see that coming. Uh, funny, funny note. What's well, a twist? Uh, the second, if you go back and watch this, the very second Jr. says, "I've never seen Jericho tap out." He taps. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was kind of funny. Um, I'm sure we've seen Jericho tap out. Oh yeah, of course. It was just funny that once Jr. said that is when he decided to tap. So. I mean, kind of the problem, though, is, like, what the fuck was the past six weeks for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, typically, if the heel's going to win a feud like this, it's because somebody cost the babyface the match, and then that's their next program. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, nobody. Nobody helped out MJF, which is great. I, I will say that we got a lot of tired tropes towards the end of this, of Jericho initially like not giving up to the salt of the earth armbar, almost getting a pinfall, but then getting locked right back into the move. And he's no chance, but like and he, he lasted like a good two minutes before he tapped out too. Mm-hmm. So they definitely put in work to make sure Jericho didn't look like a bitch. I'll say that. <laughs> um, they kind of had to jump through hoops to make sure he didn't, but anyway. Um, well, he certainly can't th- jump through any hoops on his own. Yeah, you know what though? Again, it's because he's all fat. Is what I was. I'm I'm very critical of him, and I have been the past few weeks. But this is the best he's looked since this labor started. I don't know why. I don't know if he just like got a cortisone. Know, he's got a certain he's got a certain glow about him. Yeah, he definitely went tanning. Um, but. I'll give him this. He worked this match better than he has the past four weeks. He hit a fucking lion salt for Christ's sakes. <laughs> he actually hit it. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Did, did this feel like a retirement match to you? I I wasn't thinking that at any point. Okay. Uh, fingers I, crossed. I'm sitting here like, why would you put MJF over three times? Unless you're just done. Well, I, I, and that's the other thing. I know he's done with MJF. That was part of the step. If right. this match happens at all out, I will be very pissed off because part of the stipulation when they first 
came up with the labors, MJF said to him, When I beat you, we're done. I never have to see you again. And we do. We need to be done. Like, done. For yeah. <laughs> but where does that leave MJF for all out? Or maybe it just doesn't? I don't know. Right. Any thoughts on that? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. There's no if 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 Miro's talking to Kingston, then <clears throat> there's not there's no title for him to go for. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah, it's like a who's to say, right? Like, where is? It? What are you looking for now? My friend Bill. Oh, I know Bill. Uh, who's been on this show before? This show or this Once. network? Not this, sh- not this show, but he's on the network ones. Yes. Uh, where is it? So we're talking about... Ah, this was uh, this morning. You side note, just heard saying by Fozzie on the radio, I have trouble reconciling a wrestler and musician I really like with someone whose politics I hate. I said same, except I don't much like Jericho as a wrestler anymore either. Yeah. I hear him. <laughs> he's not wrong. Um, I mean, I see, I, I see what you're saying about the possible retirement thing, especially with him not being on Rampage, and I'm saying he's reassessing. But, uh, yeah, I guess fingers crossed, because fuck Jericho. Um, but yeah, what does what does MJF do from here? I mean, he's we're, he's the the pinnacle is still feuding with the inner circle, with FTR whenever they come back, and and X Lax and Sammy and Spears, and but. It's like it's like we're stuck in this uh, fucking Mobius strip of faction bullshit. Well, the other problem is it's too late to start MJF versus uh, Wardlow. If you wanted to go there, you have no time to do that now. No, no. You'd have to wait until full fucking gear for that if you if you went down that road. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That's the end of Dinamite. Yes, it is. So let's go back to Rampage. And after the first half hour was dominated by one CM Punk. Uh, we then got a match. Imagine that. A match. In our tag team eliminator tournament. Yes. Even. Jurassic Express take on Private Party. Uh, let's see here. Bear with me for just a moment. Uh, do you have any um, fans' comments on Dynamite or ratings on Dynamite? Oh, I hadn't opened it because you skipped uh, you skipped a short past it. What did you think of Dynamite overall? It was okay. Um, like like you said, I was pleasantly surprised that Jericho didn't get a, just get his win back. Yeah. Um. I. The women's match was really pointless. I love Thunder Rosa. There was no point to that match. The tornado tag was pointless too. Both of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have this. I have. Okay. I have no problem with Sammy versus Spears. I thought they did well. I just hated the booking of that six thirty spot. Hated it. <laughs> it's, it's nothing to really like. It's not against them. It's just like 
you overbooked yourself. You know? You were completely making this, like, not necessary stuff where everybody kicks out of everything. And then we do dangerous spots, like knees to the face without a knee pad. Isn't that what busted open, um... What's his face? Spears? Yeah. Yeah. So. so there we go. Uh, okay. Anything else uh, as far as reviews go before I dive into Rampage? Ten! This uh, is one of my favorite Dynamites of the year. I enjoyed every single match. Sting looked great. No sold a table bump, double scorpion death drops, and a double scorpion death lock. Sammy versus Spears was amazing. Spears went through the guardrail, rolled back in, and Sammy hit the 630 for a crazy near fall. Amazing! Then we had a spectacular tag title match. Crazy spots and near falls. Then we had a good women's match with a great finish. And the main event was awesome. It really built MJF up. And the crowd singing Judas without the music is iconic. Absolutely spectacular episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Ten! Great event. Bloodshed. War. Revenge with great competition. The best company event in the past month. I suggest all interested parties to watch this event. All interested parties. All interested parties. The nice. fucking APB? What the fuck? I don't know. That was weird. <laughs> This is an 8.15 on cage match right now. 13 tens, 27 nines, 35 eights, 19 sevens, 4 sixes, 3 fives. Do you know what's funny about the nines? You know that a lot of those nines are just like, well, uh, if I say 10, people won't listen to me. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll just say nine. <laughs> Nine. That was a pay-per-view level show, on my opinion, with several storylines being started, continued, and ended in front of a hot, hot, hot crowd, and accompanied by stellar commentary. Great show. Mm. All right, back to Rampage. S- several storylines being started, continued, and ended. Yeah, that's what fucking wrestling is, dipshit. <laughs> All right. So let's go back to Rampage. Eliminator tournament. Eliminator tournament time. Jungle Boy and Isaiah Cassidy start for their teams with a fierce exchange of counters and takedowns. Mark Quinn tagged in, but Jungle Boy managed to keep the upper hand with some high flying offense. We returned from break as Luchasaurus tagged in and began cleaning house. And then Cassidy goes up top while Jungle Boy is on Luchasaurus's shoulders. And Cassidy hits Jungle Boy with the Canadian Destroyer off Luchasaurus's shoulders. Just saying that is cringe. But then when we saw it... But watching it was worse. It looks like Jungle Boy took all of that on the back of his head. So much so that either Jungle Boy has grown leaps and bounds when it comes to in-ring selling or he legitimately fucked up his neck <laughs> now I know I broke my neck some people I know some people online were saying concussion I, I don't know my legs the way he was grabbing the back of his neck makes me think like he broke something <laughs> I don't think it was a concussion because he was still going to the spots and, and doing neck spots and stuff like that it wasn't like he was loopy but I think he fucking hurt his neck. Hopefully he he's barely, all right. He barely kicked out of that fucking pin. Oh, no. Luchasaurus had to come in to to break it up because it didn't look like Jungle Boy was going to kick out. And then when, when 
you know, so Luchasaurus technically broke it up, and then you saw Jungle Boy's shoulder, like, very slowly, like, lift off the mat. Uh, yeah. That was, uh, that was rough. Mm. Uh, let's see here. Mark Quinn nails a Luchasaurus, nails Luchasaurus with a shooting star press. Uh, from the top rope to the floor, Luchasaurus recovers and helps Jungle Boy retake control. Matt Hardy and Malker Stunt get into it on the apron, uh, but they didn't distract anyone enough to cost them the match. <clears throat> Jungle Boy and his dinosaur finish Quinn off with some unique moves. Sorry about unique moves. It was their fucking finisher, the Jurassic, whatever it's called. Uh, and it gets the win to advance to the finals. Uh, here are my notes. Private Party, really bad at poetry in motion. Yes. They haven't gotten any better at it. I wrote Luchasaurus didn't really break up the pin after the Destroyer. He was kind of late, but like you said. It's, uh, uh, that shooting star from, uh, was it was it Quen? Off the top rope to Lucha on the outside? Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that it looked really pretty. It would look better if he'd actually hit any part of Luchasaurus on the way down. Fair. Uh... uh Matt throws Mar- Matt Hardy throws Marco stunt off the apron. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Because <laughs> he just kind of hurled him. It was great. That's true. Uh, I wrote that was a lot of. Bu- oh, I okay. Real quick on that Matt Hardy spot. <laughs> he, yeah, he chucks uh, Marco stunt, and you just hear thud. <laughs> great. And I'm like, good. Fuck Marco. A <laughs> lot of butt crack on that on that. Uh, Pulled tight to near fall. Done intentionally, right? Jungle <laughs> Boy's a heartthrob. Got to show the ass a little bit. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what? Um, the reason I hate this tournament. Do you really have to have? Do you do you really have that much TV time to fill that you need to have this tournament instead of just announcing that due to all the interference and bullshit, the Bucks will defend against the Jurassic Express in a cage it all out? I 100% agree with you on that. Except, will Jurassic Express make it to all out, or is Jungle Boy dead? Well, see, this is the problem, because they've been bringing up the fact that um, the Lucha Bros deserve gold. Mexicans? Sierra Meadow. Um, Meet us in the ring? Yes. They've been bringing that up the past couple weeks, saying, you know, both Chavo and Pac are like, you guys deserve tag team gold. So now, if the Lucha Bros win, I'm going to be like, oh, Jungle Boy was hurt. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. But I, I, you know, I can't discount the fact that they could have went with the Lucha Bros for the match at All Out. They've already done that at All Out before, Lucha Bros versus Bucks, but it wasn't for the tag title. So I don't know. I, again, if Jungle Boy can even like walk, you know, it's going to be Lucha Express. So and you just have the big man do all the moves, or do or do Lucha Bros uh, get expelled from the tournament? Uh, and then Andrade is like, see, see. Ooh, good call. Yeah, possible. And not, not, not see like yes, like. <laughs> not like the Spanish see. Mira, no, that's look. I don't know what see is. I didn't take Spanish. Vieta. Um, of course you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, <clears throat> Did you, well, obviously you were concerned for Jungle Boy's well-being, and I don't blame you, Uh, but did you enjoy the match up until that spot? It's all right. It's all right. I agree. 
So then, uh, after that, I think it's yours, right? Nothing left for me. No, we went backstage with Kenny and Callis. Did we? I'm going to miss this. <laughs> they say anything good? Kenny got the name of the show wrong. Hmm. This is the last dance. It's obviously for me. It's the last, oh, last no, dance. I actually thought that was funny. He was like... <laughs> for, first dance. Kenny. First dance. This, this yes. one's the first dance. It's obviously, the second episode. It's the second episode, but it's the first dance. It's the first dance for CM Punk. That's what it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, I appreciate Kenny being like, this was this whole night was obviously built around me. <laughs> well, no, it was built around CM Punk, but that's okay. Go ahead, continue. Uh, then we get we get something from Jade, some promo from Jade, uh, where I'm pretty sure she said she was going to go down on Kara Hogan. Whoa, Diamante might have something to say about that. Anyway, Jade enters first, accompanied by Smart Mark Sterling. Oh. Nope, never mind. Turns out Kira Hogan is already in the ring. Yeah. Jade immediately shoves Kira to the mat, but Kira comes back with some with some kicks. Uh, Kira charges in, gets a face removed via the bottom of Jade's boot, implant buster, and that's the end of that. Uh, I'm glad Jade didn't try a catapult into the corner. From there, we recap the open of the show. CM Punk will be live on Dynamite in Milwaukee this Wednesday. Troy, tickets. Uh, we run down the rest of Dynamite's card, then go uh, to another triptych interview with Mark Henry, Moxley's back, and Daniel Garcia and 2.0. Mark asks the question and then disappears. Daniel says he needs to prove something. 2.0, yell at Moxley. Mark asks Mox to respond, and Mox threatens to murder them all and also fuck Daniel Garcia. And I can understand that. I mean, look at that fucking twink. Sorry, anyway. Um, that was an exaggeration, by the way. Moxley literally says, I'm going to fuck this kid. Direct quote. Uh, I will admit, though, I did get a laugh at Daniel Garcia has a better chance of getting me pregnant than winning this match. Jesus. That's a good that's a good fucking line. That's a good line. <laughs> uh, to break, we go. Hmm. Uh, <sighs> I don't know why we have to shoehorn these fucking split screen interviews before the yeah, no, they're, rampage. They're, st- they're still not good. Can we look? Get it, get it out of the format. It sucks. Okay, it's not working. It sucks. Stop it. Just stop it. In fact, do a fucking stupid, uh, typical pre-tape where, like, you know, like a video package. Just do like a regular fucking video package. Enough with this fucking. And even Moxley was like, I don't know why they're fucking trying to talk to me when I'm when I have to go out there in the next like two minutes, like. I'm Fuck off! I don't want to talk to anybody. Stick a camera in my mouth and my face. Stick a camera in my mouth. No, that's something different. Stick a camera in my face and I have be in my ear. It's true. Fucking fuck off with this stupid shit. I just want to kill this kid and then fuck him. <laughs> fuck his dead body. Uh, let's see here. So it is main event time, if you can call it that. Uh, Moxley immediately takes Garcia off his feet with a series of strikes, but Garcia uses his technical prowess to wrestle Moxley down to the mat. Uh, then we begin to focus on the left leg to soften up John Moxley. Moxley grabbed him in a submission, but Garcia broke free right away. Moxley hit a pair of German suplexes before Garcia put him in an ankle lock. Uh, however, once he broke free, Moxley turned into an animal. Like suddenly you're speaking in the past tense. It's like you're reading somebody else's notes or something. Mm. He, dished, he dishes out a flurry of punches and forearms before calling for the paradigm shift. Garcia countered and puts him in the sharpshooter. Moxley reverses the hold into a choke, the bully choke. Shit, shitty sharpshooter. Yes, very shitty sharpshooter. 
and then he puts on the bully choke, even though they have now been forced to call it the bulldog choke. I don't get why you can't just call it the bully choke. Uh, and, of course, Daniel Garcia taps up. Your winner, John Moxley, entered 2.0, who tried to jump Moxley. And then Eddie Kingston did, comes out, and then Sting and Darby Allen come out, and it's a thing. Did John Moxley really just only barely beat Daniel Garcia? That's the way it looked. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, he choked him out like a bitch in the middle of the ring, though. But, yeah, it didn't look like, you know, Mox was never dominant in this. Line of the night. Uh, I think it was Daniel Garcia hit Moxley with a couple of German suplexes. Mm-hmm. And Mark Henry, just so perfect, just goes, he's not even German. Just so, just so, it was so fucking droll and subtle. It was, I laughed out loud. He's not even German. That was good. Um, But yeah, very drone, very (laughs) under the radar, so to speak. So, um, hmm. This is going to be really difficult, but what are your thoughts overall on Rampage? Felt like two different shows, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talked uh, We talked last week about uh, Dynamite being a one-match card. Yep. Uh, this was a one-promo show. Yeah. This was, there was, I think Troy, Troy mentioned in the host thread, you've got a chance, because you've got all eyes on this episode, all eyes all eyes on this product. And those are the matches that you go with? Mm-hmm. Jade Cargill and Kira Hogan for a minute and a half, maybe? With, like, three and, moves. And John Moxley versus Daniel Garcia? When you have a showcase of, I guarantee you, more people than normally watch your shit. Because there there are people turning in tuning into this episode who have not watched AEW before sure. because CM Punk is coming back. Sure. And you main event with Daniel Garcia and John Moxley. So this is a terrible attitude to have, and I and I blame AEW for this. I'm not giving them a pass. I blame them for this. But I'm I have to wonder if the mentality was. Alright, you know, we get people to turn it on, they see Punk, most likely they're gonna turn it on, turn it off after Punk leaves, but we'll, uh, you know, we'll make sure he mentions that he'll be on every show and, and, and at least those eyes will be back on Dynamite. And then just mail it in for the rest of the, (laughs) because I, I don't, again, I agree with you, I don't see why you put on this card. First of all, you don't need the Jade Kirahoga match, there's no point in that. The order of the matches. The best match on the show was the one was the first match on the show. Why is why do you main event with Daniel Garcia? You you've when heard you've got, um, when you've got Jurassic Express and Private Party. You, you've heard the um, OVP mentality of what they used to do on Saturday Night's main event, where they would everything would be front loaded. Yeah, I just listened to that episode today. Yeah, and they knew people wouldn't stay around, so they just like booked a bunch of bullshit at the end of the episode. Uh, that's what it feels like. That is what that is what this feels. That's like. what this feels like. Now, granted, if Jungle Boy didn't almost die, then that would have easily been my match of the night. Um, 
but it doesn't take a lot to change this card. Again, you you don't do the Jade Cargill Kira Hogan match, and you just make it like Moxley versus fucking. Uh, I don't know, even like a Luke Gallows or something would have made more sense, right? Like, but I guess you want to push Daniel Garcia in 2.0? I, look, there's a plenty of people in that locker room that you could have put we already talked against. about how We already talked about how well they're pushing 2.0. Right. No, but there's plenty of people that would have been an intriguing match for, hey, isn't that Dean Ambrose? You know what I mean? But like you said, for the people who have never watched AEW before, don't put him against Daniel Garcia. They're gonna be like, who the fuck's this guy? It's like it's 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 the same thing we talked about for Lee Johnson versus Miro. Yep. Because we don't we still don't know who the fuck Daniel Garcia is. But this does not make him look strong. No. Because this is John Moxley versus a fucking nobody as far as we're concerned. And John Moxley only barely beat a fucking nobody. And that doesn't really make the nobody look good. It makes John Moxley look bad. They do that with Moxley a lot. They did that on Dark. He was beaten like Cesar Bononi, and everybody's <laughs> like, he Oops. got his ass kicked, Bononi. Thank you. He got his ass kicked the whole fucking match on Dark, and then like just won with like a paradigm shift out of nowhere, or like a yeah. super hold or something. And it was like Kenny Omega versus Allen Angels. That's another one. Sure. Anyway, we oh, have these competitive, like you know, back and forth matches with people who are way down the card, way down the card. I mean, that's every Miro title defense at this point. Yeah. So you put those pe- you want to build those people. You put those people against each other. Thank you. Have them have good matches against each other, and then you build them so that they look like. When they go against John Moxley, you go, oh fuck yeah, Daniel Garcia versus John Moxley, yeah. hell yeah. Um, and also, there are other people in this company that, even though they're on the same level as far as where they're booked on the show as a Daniel Garcia, they're more credible as an opponent for John Moxley, like a Matt Seidel. You put because Matt, Matt, Seidel... Matt Seidel's been around for twenty fucking years at this point. Exactly. You put Matt Seidel in this match against Moxley and it's fine. It's a fine main event for Di- for Rampage. You know? But no. For some reason we got Daniel Garcia. In a rushed, a very rushed match. <laughs> like I get it, you're running out of time. Then then cut the fucking split screen interview bullshit. Cut the fucking Jake Cargill match. Save yourself for two minutes. Seriously. All right, next week on Dynamite uh, in the Eliminated Tournament, Varsity Blondes versus the Luchabros. Gee, I wonder who's going to win that. Gee, I wonder. Red Velvet versus Jamie Hayter. Gee, I wonder who's going to win that. Hater's going to kill you. <laughs> Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy for some goddamn reason. Oh, um, before we even speak about Cassidy versus Matt Hardy... If Jamie Hayter loses, then she's completely worthless already, right? Yeah, uh, pretty much. I mean, I don't. I know you're you're trying to make something with Red Velvet. Good luck. But yeah, Red Velvet's got to lose. Uh, I'm sorry, that's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> sorry, girl, your enhancement talent again. Mm-hmm. And Malachi Black versus Brock Anderson. I hope he kills him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Kick his face off. Kick his face off and then kick his father's face off. Get some fucking heat. Get some goddamn heat. No, instead, fucking Cody's music's gonna hit, and Malachi Black's gonna be all distracted, and, and Brock Anderson's gonna roll him up or something, and I will hate it. I will fucking hate it. All right, I don't have any news this week. Uh, so. I will. Fi- I will just say this. Look, like I said earlier at the beginning of this episode, they did everything right with the arrival of Punk. Then they proceeded to do everything like they usually do with the rest of the talents. <laughs> Be better. If you're going to get eyes on your product, get them to stick around. You'll be shocked. This episode of Rampage has a 9.2 on Cage Match. I can't so believe far. it. <laughs> 34 tens. Dude. Again, you could have made the whole fucking show an hour-long promo, and they still would have given them 34 tens. That would have been a better show. Probably. That would have been a better show. But, you know, we, we are drawing closer to All Out. Um, you've got some, some weird stories. You've, you've finished the arc with Jericho and MGF, supposedly. Um, I'm assuming you're going to get Cody and Malachi Black in some type of rematch at All Out. Maybe. And then you have Pac versus uh, Andrade, which that should be fun. If you go back to the Bucks and the Jurassic Express, you need to make a title change. Just, again, the way it has to be. Yeah, no, definitely. And then, I don't I don't know. If, if Miro's going to fight Kingston on a dynamite, then I don't know who Miro fights it all out. Unless, unless he fights Kingston. Yeah. Mm. Also, what do you do with Jon Moxley, Sting? Um, well, Sting's doing nothing. Sting's going to be in Darby's corner. That's all he's there right. for. Uh, but what do you do with, like, Mox or MJF or even Cage and, and Starks? If they put Cage and Starks at all out, I'm sure it will be good. But I feel like we've dropped the ball on that story completely. There's no heat anymore. There, there was actually a story when, when Team Taz turned on Cage, and we've done nothing since mm-hmm. then. And like like you said, we didn't even follow up on uh, backstage on Dynamite. Yeah, I was like, oh, we got to run, and then didn't fucking do anything. It certainly seems like they're booking on the fly, and that's not good because you're leaving money on the table. You want people to buy fucking all out? Make it the best card you can do, dude. Yeah. That's what that you know what for all the fucking criticism. Um, we give NXT and WWE when they want you to watch a card, they make sure to make it the best card ever. Okay, NXT is famous for having takeovers where you're just like salivating at the match card, like you're like, oh my god, I can't wait for this fight. You know what I mean? Fuck, they're doing it again this set this Sunday with Joe versus Cross. People want to see if Joe's going to win the title. So don't just depend on CM Punk versus Darby to sell your tickets for All Out. Make it the best card that you have available. But we'll see if they do that. What do we got? One more Dynamite until All Out? Or two? Um, Next week's the 20... Yeah, so we got two more Dynamites, 
and two more rampages. Mm-hmm. Correct. So we'll see where it goes. Definitely an interesting week, and AEW did exactly what they set out to do. They stole headlines away from SmackDown tonight. They stole headlines away from SummerSlam tomorrow. So, balls in your your court. Let's see if you dribble it out and drive to the basket. They're mixing sports metaphors. Probably. All right, that wraps up week. (laughs) 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 I got a cough. That wraps up week 95 for the AEW Rundown. As always, be safe, stay sane, be kind, be good to one another, get your goddamn shots. And just, uh, just, yeah, just be. Just be. Uh, I've got Proving Ground tomorrow and APW the Saturday after that. So we have a fun couple of weekends coming up here. Where is Proving um, Ground? Peabody. Peabody. Wait, is it at the Elks Lodge in Peabody? No. <sighs> I've seen you work a show there before. It's at the Black Box Theater. I've seen you work a show at the Elks Lodge in Peabody for New England Pro Wrestling. No, it wasn't New England Pro Wrestling. No, that was at a community new, center. New Pro League Wrestling. No. It was the one where the ceiling was really short and they were making fun of the fat guy in the crowd. You remember? This was a while wow. ago. This was a while ago. It was in Peabody. It was at like an Elks Lodge. It was at the Elks Lodge. Um, it I don't fe- know if I've ever worked at Elks Lodge in Peabody. I've worked. Uh, I've worked Woburn and Elks. I've worked Hudson Elks. Have you worked Danvers Elks? Danvers Elks? Maynard Elks. Or once. Was it maybe it was Danvers? Um, it had it, had, it definitely had that guy on it that I'm not going to say what his name is now, but he, he mimicked Randy Orton. So that was probably an NLP show then. That's what it was called. What was what, what did NLP stand for? No Limit Pro. No Limit Pro. That's what it was. Yes. And they made fun of the fat guy in the front row like the whole show. Okay. And somebody almost hit their hair off the ceiling doing a, a move. But that's your sure. typical indie show. <laughs> wait, wait. What's, uh, what's uh, what's on the docket for Proving Ground tomorrow night? Uh, Proving Ground Ultimate Alliance, the semifinals and finals of the tag team title tournament to crown the first ever tag team champions. Cool. And then there's a there's a Haas fight between Corinne Mink and Logan Black, and there's some other stuff that I can't remember right now. But it should be a good show. Lots of fun, the PBD Black Box. And then the week after is uh, APW, back at the New Report Elks. So, Very nice. It's almost 2 a.m. Um, yeah. Say the thing. Well, I guess that means that we'll rampage your dynamite next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Stanger. Bye. I like this. <laughs> no? Rampage.
Listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundown wrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at rundownnetwork. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash thesalzer effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs> <laughs>